Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. It is the Clary Podcast. Had to re-download the drivers on the microphone again because I'm not going to go into the nerds. I'm not going into the IT nerds. It's just we're going to learn to live with it. We are going to learn to live with the fact that a bunch of nerdy people must fidget with things constantly. They, 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 must, they, they must ruin by the constant improvement. And so we're all just going to hang on. Did I turn it the right way? Let's try it this way. I'm sorry. I wish I, wish, I, I thought I had the settings right. I thought I did. But no, no. We, uh, it, it's going to be a constant battle. With updates just for the rest. Imagine how much GDP would go up if we didn't have to frick around with updates. I just, uh, I, I just, and and how much longer our life expectancies would be, uh, because we wouldn't be so stressed out constantly updating things. Anyway, so it is a clear podcast. I, I wanted to put together something clever, uh, but I thought just a uh, sincere, heartfelt uh, commentary would probably suffice. I bet. In hindsight, foolishly, against the Beckloff, our good friend Chris Beckloff. And uh, he had an eight-hour marathon on his, quote, podcast. I called it a YouTube channel. It's not yet a podcast until one of these days you get Libsyn or whatever or SoundCloud. Uh, but he had, a, he had a call-in show. He had a bunch of special guest celebrities. They had Bernard Chapin. He had um, uh, Davis. He had Matt. He had everybody. Um, who was Razor Fist? Uh, he was a. I, I've never really tuned much into him. Want to ask him about his motorcycles? But he he. Uh, everyone was focused on the uh, on the election, so I hung out for the later third of the show. He did a, a, a play-by-play coverage, and I won't like. Let me let me ask you guys. Let me point out something. He bet me that uh, Trump would win. I said, no way, Hillary's going to win it. And during the middle of the broadcast, uh, Undertow, uh, Undertow, he came in and he pointed out that the New York Times had gone from a 20% Trump win to a 50% to an 80% to an 85%. And the question that makes you ask is, why is anyone listening to the mainstream media? Here you had, and I was a doubting Thomas. I've been used to bad luck. I have been conditioned and programmed to prepare for the worst things. And I sadly, it's still a valid strategy. 90, 95% of the time I'm right. Everyone else is destroyed and commiserating and they lost their money on this or they didn't expect that. And meanwhile, I'm totally prepared and I keep chugging along. But for once, these guys, Matt, Chris, Undertow, all these guys had their fingers on the pulse more than I did. And they didn't listen to the mainstream media. Not that I did either. Not that I that I didn't uh, uh, believe that the polls were uh, 
unbiased. I, I knew they were, uh, but they said, no, Trump's going to win this. And he put his money where his mouth was. He was absolutely confident, not supremely confident, not arrogantly confident, but, but confident. And he ended up being right. Now, here's my question. Why would you listen? Why would you listen to any mainstream media? But furthermore, doesn't this make Chris Beckloff and these, these rookies, the replacements, the, the second stringers, the fourth stringers, they came in and they beat the heck out of the professionals. That makes them better than the New York Times. They, you want to talk about who the real journalists are. You want to talk about who the real fourth branch of government is. It's these guys. You know, all of us in the internet and the manosphere and the alt-right and whatever else. The internet truly is the fourth branch of government now. Uh, I, this, this election and the, this ragtag band of misfits uh, proved it. Uh, they they are now they've they've debunked they've dethroned the corrupt aging baby boomer nep not nepotistic but just they're just corrupt you guys are lazy you're you're biased your 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 narrative your 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 hacks and I'm not saying this because I disagree with you people the modern day professional quote journalists are not the professionals anymore the Chris Beckloffs of the world are and they proved that last night. And so I owed Chris, I, we bet, I say, dude, uh, I, I'd like Trump to win, but I don't think Trump's going to win. And he says, oh, Trump's going to win. I say, would you like to bet some shekels? And so uh, he, he wasn't going to bet money, but clever man that he is, he bet advertising time. So I, I lost. And whereas I was going to do something funny and zany, I just didn't have it in me today. I was too busy working out. just cutting up wood, preparing for winter, finishing off the shed. And I'm just going to basically plug my good friend Chris Beckloff. Uh, because one, he deserves it. That's that's true. Well, two, he won the bet. But three, if you want real political analysis, if you want real news, if you're done wa- watching this week in Wall Street, not this week in Wall Street, uh, what was it? Washington Weekend or those Sunday talk shows with Eleanor Clift and those retards. Sam Donaldson, is he still alive? When you're done watching that crap, baby boomers, when you're done reading Time Magazine and the Newsweeks, oh, did they get caught with their pants down? Newsweek fails. Oh, I should send an email. I should send a thank you card. When you're done watching these fakes, these frauds, these liars, these they're worse than liars. They're evil. They're, they're, they are an arm of the Democrat Party, which we knew, but I don't know how much more clear we got to make it. When you're done listening to liars and you want to listen to intellectual honesty, you want to listen to a real journalist, you want to be entertained as well on top of it. You want someone who's going to shoot from the hip and not, you know, pussyfoot around. Tune in to the Beckloff. You can find it on YouTube. His last name is spelled B-E-C-H-T-L-O-F-F. He's got a little geekery going on. That's why I tune into it. I like, I, ironically, I like that more than I do the politics. Not because he does a bad job of politics. He does a supreme job of politics. I just, uh, I, I, I'm sick of politics. I, I've checked out. Even now, I've kind of checked out. I'll be writing a post about how we must temper our expectations of Mr. Trump, but the rest of it is going into philosophy and um, what I... I still don't believe there's future. I know on the on his uh, webcast or simulcast, whatever you want to call it, everyone's like, no, we got hope, we got to have, we got to keep... Five. I still disagree. Trump, or not Trump, Clinton won the popular vote. Um, you got people... Well, they're they're not real rioters, but you have people who are willing to to show up and riot. You have genuine brown shirts. 
Uh, I, and on top of it, the demographics are going the way that uh, you're, you, this, this is the last gasp. Trump has got so much to do and aggressively so. And if there's a person to do it, it'd be him. He's near the end of his life. He has zero Fs to give. He really doesn't care about being popular. He, he speaks his mind. There's no doubt about that. He may actually build that wall. And it's going to take someone to build the wall. It's going to take military action. I say screw a wall. I say put down a landmine field. Uh, it, it, it is time for Western civilizations. The last stand here, guys, the last stand while we won this democratically. Don't lay down the law and say, no, we're going to have Operation Wetback 2. Look it up. We already had Operation Wetback 1. We're saying, no, we are going to reassert our sovereignty. And it may have to come to like there's you have to put down riots and protests with the National Guard. It may come to that. But who's going to do it? All right, what, some John McCain? Uh, what's his name? Romney? Well, Trump might. But if, if it doesn't happen, if this, it, it's all, so, and I still, I don't think, one, the American people, no matter if you did vote for Trump, the vast majority of you don't have the balls to do it. The majority of you want your Starbucks coffee. The majority of you, you uh, weekend warrior Republicans, uh, you want to have your Apple products. What was it? Uh, the guy over at Starbucks came out. This is the... Hang on, let me find it. Okay, here... Oh, really? They're going to play this. Did I ask you to play this, Fortune? You son of a god. All right, I'm never going to fortune.com again. Uh, the article here, CEO Howard Schultz has made no secret of his disdain for Donald Trump. In a letter to staff on Wednesday, Schultz said... He was gobsmacked by the president-elect's victory, but said Americans had to respect the results. I know you're all shocked that white people and conservatives and Republicans still exist here. I know you're all shocked with the media telling you it's all like uh, 90% not white and everyone's just singing kumbaya and they're a bunch of spoiled, spineless, pussy hipsters. I know that's what you think America is, but at least half the population is in that way. Uh, quote, like so many of our fellow Americans, both Democrats and Republicans, I'm stunned. We cannot know what the precise impact will be on our country and the rest of the world. I am hopeful that we will overcome the vitriol and division of this unprecedented selection season. Yeah, coming from the guy who makes everything political. You, you don't want to be divisive, uh, Howard. Uh, but then you, you start issuing uh, political dictates through your little corporation over there. Uh, echoing the conciliatory tone of Trump's opponent, Democrat candidate Hillary Clinton... And President Obama in speeches Wednesday afternoon, Schultz said people needed to give Trump a chance to govern well. In September, the politically outspoken Schultz endorsed Clinton for president, saying he remained optimistic about the country's future, despite what he saw as an effort by politicians and media to paint the nation with cloudness and despair. Yeah, the leftist. Uh, yeah, yeah, your, your team there, pal. Earlier this year, he had decried the Republican primaries as a circus. Right, at least we elected the guy that, that had the popular vote. Because the DNC was so was so honest, right? Because because you they didn't totally like screw over uh, Sanders, blah blah blah. Where is it? Um, this election isn't the first time Schultz waited in a political territory at the risk of angering his clientele. Okay, look this again, you you weekend warrior Republicans, you guys go get your Starbucks. It's just so convenient. I like their lattes. I know my husband pays a 50% tax rate and we're a Republican family, but you know, they just have this mocha pumpkin latte that I just, I can only get it at Starbucks. So I'm going to give Schultz more money. 
here, here, here's what he did. A few years ago, he became a target of the gun lobby for asking gun overs to leave their, leave their weapons in their cars when coming to Starbucks. And last year, Schultz quickly backed off an effort to have Starbucks baristas talk to customers about the state of race relations. Remember that? Remember where they, they had a, co- a cup of coffee? says, start a conversation. Have a conversation. You guys don't have it. You guys don't have the balls to follow through with this. Or do what's necessary to actually recapture the United States from the clutches of socialism. You just don't. You guys are all happy Trump won, and, and you think, I know you guys are all excited, I know, and you should be. I mean, it was an upset victory. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, but he hasn't done anything. He hasn't exactly been inaugurated yet. Uh, I think what we do is we hold him to the standards we held the Republican primary candidates to and say, now you're going to perform, FF. You are going to perform. You, you have benchmarks. And if again, if there's a guy to do it, it'll be Trump. Private sector, guy certainly knows hustle. What was the other one? What do you guys? Uh, oh, this was good. The Facebook guy who donated twenty million. Who's this guy? I want to look him up. Uh, what's his? Dustin Muscovitz. <laughs> What's his net worth? I got to find out how much he just pissed away. Me and my wife think that we got to do it. I love how you all think you're like prevent. Do you, do you guys on the left really think you're stopping some evil force? Do you not know? I know most of you are well-intended people, but as Bernard Chapin said, if you don't even know what the federal debt is, don't vote. Because you don't know what the major problems of the United States are. You have done a poor job of diagnosing the patient. All you're doing is the exact same crap that's been happening from the 60s. More government spending. Government is the solution. Blah, blah, blah. And little you know, you're, you're all worried about evil corporations and monopolies and oligopolies. And then when, oh wait, this guy's worth $9.7 billion. All right, never mind. <laughs> Maybe he's smarter than I realize. He says, screw this. I'm retiring. I'm done. $9.7 billion. Okay, the $20 million was uh, a drop in the bucket for him. Still nice to see him see him go away. Born net worth romance? What do you mean romance? What is this? Hang on, career, personal life. Are they calling people spouses romance because not everyone's married or something? Married to Kari Tuna. Tuna currently works full time on Good Ventures, the couple's private foundation. As well as an open philanthropy project to spin up. I here's here's a perfect example. Here's this Muscovitz guy, perfectly well intended, I'm sure. But he's got all these different for-profit or non-profit charities, which is fine. He's up there with Bill Gates and more. That's fine. Uh, yeah, Muscovitz and Tuna are the largest young are the youngest couple to sign Bill Gates and Warren Buffett's giving pledge, which commits billionaires to giving away most of their wealth in the form of philanthropy. But yeah, but to what end? Of course, Dustin ain't going to listen to this. Look, Dustin, maybe hire an economist to make sure your money goes to things that actually help instead of make the situation worse. Well, anyway, so he, uh, his net worth is down $10 billion from, oh, who knows. I'm not going to look at this guy's personal finances, but it was just nice to see him piss away $20 million. <laughs> He could have helped some kids go to college. He could have he could have you know started another company and employed people long term. No, he just pissed. I know he's got millions and billions. He's got thousands of billions more. 
almost tens of thousands of, of no, millions more. Oh, but anyway, getting back to uh, you uh, uh, Fairweather fan Republicans and conservatives and libertarians out there, this, this is just the start, okay? You got four years, and there better be some serious and major changes up front. That wall better get built. Uh, there better be a balanced budget. And, and here, the Republicans have no excuse. They got the Senate and they got the House. They should be able to push through some great reforms. It's going to help everybody. This is not let's get this is not retribution against the left. Uh, I mean, they're going to think it is because we're like, hey, 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 no more single mom stuff. No, 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 no more welfare. No, you're supporting yourself. We're going to phase it out. Uh, you know, they're going to think, oh, you know, giving a tax break to the rich that somehow hurts them when it really doesn't it'll help grow the economy. Uh, so they're going to take it as an offense and a front. But don't worry, leftists. If, it, if, the, if the economy collapses and the country goes away, you will truly find out what the true definition and meaning of what assault is. I get this kid, a friend of mine. He's in his 20s. He helps me out. He's, telling, he's, he's conservative or at least libertarian. I don't know. But he's not leftist. And he was telling me about how all of his friends on Facebook are like complaining about how Donald Trump ruined their lives and they're not going to have a future and he's taking away all their rights. That is proof right there, you leftists, you young, especially you young people. You don't know what you're talking about. You really don't. You do not understand the English language. Your rights are not a right to free food, clothing, shelter, and a job. Those aren't rights. Your rights cannot be taken away from somebody. Somebody cannot take away your right, your right to free speech. Your right to vote. Your right to um, uh, go to whatever religious service you want. Your right, not, your right not to go to a religious service. But when you say it is your education is a right, that means the taxpayers have to pay for it. Why is, why is your education my responsibility? Screw you. Go pay for your own damn education. Because if your education is right, you know what I'm going to say to you little millennial pieces of crap? I'm going to say my retirement is a right. And we're going to make you young people pay for it. It goes both ways. I, it, I just wish the young kids and the left, who, who are well-intended like this Muscovitz guy or whatever his name was, I wish you'd wake up. I wish you would learn economics. And not this Keynesian, Marxist, BS crap they teach in school, but maybe go back, or maybe you don't have to go back in time in history. All you have to do is look at today's economy and say, which ones are growing the fastest, and what kind of tax policy do they have? Oh my gosh, Hong Kong doesn't have a huge welfare problem. Oh my gosh, Singapore, they're kind of like, nope, you're going to actually work here, and we're going to lower taxes. We don't hate rich people. I, it, you're wrong. That's how simple it is. You're wrong. I agree. We have the same goal. Eliminate poverty, get high-paying jobs, make everybody filthy, stinking rich. That is the goal. You have tried it for 60 freaking years, leftists. You've tried it for 60 years, and it is not working. Just like the black community, just like minorities, it isn't working. Now, I know a lot of you on the left, you're just parasites, and deep down inside you know it, so that's falling on deaf ears. I'm not talking to you guys. Because, look, Trump already got the minority vote more than any other Republican. Black men, black Hispanics, in my estimation, black minorities, I'm sorry, minority males, uh, I think the Republican Party could totally win over. Because the Democrats have completely ruined their lives and taken everything away from them. 
Uh, so we already got that. We're, we're making ground on that. That's good. But I would also like to get the intellectually honest Democrats, the, those on the left who truly want to help people out, reevaluate. Have, have, you, have you taken what your political beliefs are? Did you just take your political beliefs from your teachers and your professors who've never worked a real job? From your union worker dad, we always vote Democrat. And and it is, is your logic that simple? If we want to help poor people, we ought to give them more money. How, when do you wake up and say that hasn't worked? I mean, because if you really want to help out poor people, you really want to help out your fellow man, the first thing you do is ask, well, has what we've been doing working? And if not, then you say, well, we might want to try something different now. And note that if, if the Republicans wanted to offer a conciliatory arm, an olive branch to those group of Democrats, regardless of age, and say, look, will you just try it our way once? Or will you have at least the intellectual honesty to think through, using the scientific method, whether or not your political beliefs, whether the, the economic policies you advocate have worked? And if they, and if they haven't, then ask yourself, don't you think you ought to try different ones? Or here's the other thing. Just entertain the idea of free market capitalism. See what works. See what doesn't. Do your own research. Confirm. Because right now, you all sound like people who believe in a religion. You sound like religious people. There's no proof that socialism works, except for like Norway that happens to have a bleep ton of oil. Uh, it, and other, pretty much every other place, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's wreaked havoc. It's ruined it. As our economy has gone, uh, grown, or not our economy, as the government has grown as a percentage of the economy, our economic growth has gone down and our debts have gone up. Everyone says, oh, we're on the wrong track. Well, okay, did any of you do the economic research to find out how we got here? Or is that too much work? Is that like... All these Christians I know who've never read the Bible. It's just too much work. Oh, I like listening to the pretty sermons and singing the pretty songs. But you actually don't do the hard work and find out, wait a minute, am I actually a Christian? Are you really a Democrat? Are you really a socialist? Because it's a pretty bad track record you guys have. All right? It's pretty bad. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say, except in times of war, but even in times of peace... It is communism that has killed more people, both in times of war and peace. One under Stalin when he shipped off all the people to World War II and didn't arm them. And then under Mao Zedong where he, he basically just said, I have an idea with a great leap forward. And then, oh, there's no food. Oh, crap, there's, there's gone. What was it, 100 million or 50 million? I think it was 50 million under Mao. All right, so, so who I'm tendering this, this request, it's not an argument. I'm, a, I'm, I'm asking you kindly. I'm asking you to request. Like, I'd ask Christians to read the Bible. I'm asking those of you on the left to, to audit, to go through and think through and review the success of leftist socialist policies. That's what I'd like you to do. History, look at different countries, like, say, North, uh, North Korea versus South Korea, East Germany versus West Germany, exact same cultures, but, you know, we two separate economic systems. The USSR versus the United States. Europe, up until recently, compared to the United States, because the United States, if you think the United States is some evil capitalist uh, country, please look at the federal budget. Please look at federal, state, and local taxation as a percentage of GDP. It's around 40%. 42, 43, a little bit above 40 Wait, I mean, and I, I can't, I can't argue with you if you're so uneducated about economics 
and you believe in a in, in the uh, leftism like you do a religion. You're arguing with zealots. You know how frustrating it is arguing with someone. It says in the Bible, it says in the Bible, well, Jesus died. Well, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe it. it. You know how frustrating that is? That's exactly how frustrating it is arguing with you leftists because you don't know anything. And what you do know, I've, I've seen it, it's either you've been led to believe what knowledge you have, like you get these gems, you pull them out. Ah, because X, Y percent of Z's does Q's. And I'm like, yeah, but that has nothing to do with economics. But somehow you believe that has something to do with it. So it's either you, you have information that, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't prove anything. Or you have outright lies. You believe in outright lies where I'm like, here's the data that proves you're, you're wrong. And then when I show it to people, you get the result is anger. You should not be angry at me or people trying to convince you of reality. Or, or at a minimum, trying to, showing you empirical evidence. You should get angry at the professors and teachers and even your, your, your parents, perhaps, and certainly the media, who've been lying to you this entire time. So if you got a choice. You can be a religious zealot, in which case there's no debate to be had. And I hate to tell you this. It's going to come down to war. And it will come down. Maybe not our generation, maybe not, but you keep going down that route. And more and more liberals and leftists breed, and we get all the world's pariahs coming into the country, and no one works. The economy will collapse, the government will not support, and then it's going to be war. Because it will be a post-apocalyptic society. right? Or you can get educated now, and we can avoid all that. And you can say, holy cow, this, this is the way, this is how it works. This is how the engine works, and now we can fix the engine. Now I see, ah, let's vote in people who know how to run this engine better than the previous schmucks we've had this entire time. But until you learn how to poke your head under that hood, figure out how engines work, and you're going to argue with me on religious and zealous grounds, like a radical Muslim or a born-again Christian, there's no conversation to have. If it comes down to my livelihood or yours, me being taxed into death and slavery and servitude, and you just sitting there on your ass collecting a government check, you're damn right it's going to be war because I kind of value myself. I'd like it to be both you and I could live, you know, friends, shake hands, neighbors, whatever. You, so you, you're working at a, a factory, I'm working over at the railroad, whatever, and you leave me alone. But if you keep insisting that I owe it to the rest of society to fork over 40% of my life working, to pay for people who are just too damn lazy or too damn stupid? No, uh-uh. That's slavery. That is slavery. And if you don't believe 40%, like I said, look up the budget. Not just federal, state and local, you got to do that too because I, I don't care who, what form of government I pay my taxes to. I pay it to some government and I don't get to spend it myself. And if you look at where that money goes, the lion's share of it goes to other people who either made mistakes, screwed up in life, didn't save money, didn't work hard, or frankly, chose not to work. Why is that my responsibility? So you could, that's all I'm asking for, the, for, I would estimate no more than a third. I would say a third of the Democrats out there, or those on the left, I would say a third are people who genuinely want to help out and advance the country. I really do believe that. The other two-thirds of you I know to be conscious parasites. You don't care. You just want the free money and you'll hide behind any excuse you could come up with the color of your skin, your vagina, um, the, the ADHDs, the Asperger's, and the autisms that you don't have while some actual kid does have it. Uh, I know you guys are just in it for the money. 
all you illegal aliens coming here living off the it, it's clear I, you're not fooling me you might fool some some republicans who go to starbucks but you're not going to fool me right so i'm not talking to you i'm not talking about the politicians or uh the true believers who have their entire uh, careers and lives vested in it so your professors who teach marxist bullshit over at the high schools and the colleges, the, the politicians who make their money saying, I'll take money from George to give it to you, just vote for me. It's those evil, rich, rat bastards. All right, those people, they're way, they know what they're doing. They don't care if they send the entire world. They don't, they don't care. They're fine that 100 million people died of starvation under communism. They don't care. Right? But for the 30% of you, and I would say a lot of you co-workers there in Pennsylvania and West Virginia maybe woke up a little bit. For those of you who who like America, kind of more JFK Democrats, you want to go to work, you don't want to be parasites, right? you got to reevaluate your economic philosophies. You, got, you have to go and read through history, a history of economics. You have to go and look and say, okay, how do countries and, and economies become rich? And, and, you gotta, and here's the other thing, guys. I know I, know I say, but you got to read our books. It's, it's not that. I don't want you to think, well, you're just brainwashed. You're just telling us to read the Quran instead of the Bible. I, I Fine, fine. You've been reading the Quran this entire time, or you've been reading the Torah. Now I'm asking you to read the Bible and get a, a, a different viewpoint. That's kind of what I'm doing. Yes, this is from our camp. This is from our religion. You at least owe it to yourself to read this to see if it doesn't make a little bit more sense and is based in reality. Because all you've been doing, consciously or not, consciously or not, especially you young kids who don't know anybody. You go into high school, you go into college, you think, well, they're professors, they're teachers, they know what they're talking about. They figure this out. I used to think that too when I was 18, 19, and 20. I'm like, well, this person's 40. He's got his act together. They are probably even worse liars and scumbags than you realize. Isn't it kind of curious that if you follow the advice of your teachers and professors that two-thirds of you are now graduating with all this student debt and you can't find jobs because your degree is worthless? Ah, uh-uh. don't tell me your degree's not worth it. Stop, stop it right there. Your degree is worthless if you couldn't find a job in it, or at least a job. If you found a job in it that actually pays enough that you don't have to live at home with your parents no more, or take on five roommates in a two-bedroom apartment. All right, that—that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, where it's all puppies and flowers, and you're living under an artificial environment, and that's what school is. From kindergarten to college, it is an artificial environment. You are not living in the real world. And don't tell me that the left, that the Democrats don't have complete and total control over that that world. And then when you dip your toe into the real world, for the first time you treat it like an adult, oh my gosh, my rights are being taken away. Because what, we're asking you to work? Because we're asking you to pay back your student loans that the taxpayers charitably uh, uh, guaranteed? At any time. You guys on the left, you Democrats can start having an ounce of intellectual honesty and start researching and confirming your stuff for yourself. That's why I'm an economist. That's why I don't lose debates because I don't have a political opinion. Unlike everybody else out there, instead of deciding my politics first and then trying to find data that supports it, I said, you know what? I, I kind of don't know what I am. I know what I'd like to be. Libertarianism sounds kind of interesting kind of sounds philosophically what I'd like it to be, but what does the economic data say? And when I do the economic data, I don't read, I don't read economist reports because they're all biased. They're all bullsh- uh, baloney, especially coming out of academia. If you get an economist from the Federal Reserve, okay, I can, I can understand that. The FDIC, um, you know, one of these dry things, but usually you're not 
it's not terribly exciting stuff. Uh, but if you go on and pull actual data from the St. Louis Federal Reserve, the OECD, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the International Labor Organization, uh, International Monetary Fund, you pull this data and you look at it, it paints a very clear picture as to what economic system works and which ones don't. And then with a little bit of logic and philosophy, it starts to make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, you know what? If everybody just lies around and collects a check, then, then the economy would collapse because there's nothing being produced. It's not that hard. Once you learn the data and you're like, oh, okay, here's what it is. This is empirically proving which economic system works the best. And then you support that. You won't lose a debate. It should be the empiricism, the data. I mean, all of you are atheists or agnostics, all you leftists out there that don't believe in, in, in uh, a God or, or don't believe in a particular religion. Why can't you apply that exact same logic to uh, economics and politics? Why can't you do that? Don't you think it's kind of important? There's the afterlife. Well, we don't have any proof or reason that, that the religion or this religion or Christianity or Islam or whatever, that, that they're correct or right. It's the same thing with politics. You have no proof that socialism works. And if it works, it works under very unique circumstances. And, and certainly not universal. Basically, what is it? You gotta be a super, super white guy whose name is Fen for it to work with an oil field of money. That's all I'm asking is for you. And you say, okay, what should I read? Um... Milton Friedman, what is it? Uh, his basic book on capitalism is pretty good. I don't want to recommend you like The Wealth of Nations. That's just way too thick and dry. Um, what else? The Bankruptcy of Our Nation. That's a good one. That teaches about the Federal Reserve, so at least you can understand it. But honestly, if you want the honest truth, what I would do is just go start studying the federal budget. That's a great place to start. You don't even have to read no books. You don't even have to know economic philosophy. You're like, hey, wait a minute. How much do we spend? Where does the money go? That probably right there is the number one thing. If you want to, okay, here's one thing that all of you on the left can do. If you want to, uh, uh, in response to the olive branch I've offered, here's the other olive branch you could offer me in return. Just go. It's federalbudget.gov. Simple as that. Go there and read through it just a little bit. They break it down in, in highly detailed detail. You don't need to do that. Just look at the pie chart. Look at where our money has gone. And then look at it and say like, oh, Oh, I guess it goes back to 1947 on that website. They, just so you know, in case you do actually go down this path, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking nobody is because everyone takes too much effort. Just like it takes too much effort for these pussy Republicans from the suburbs to drive the extra block to go to a Dunn Brothers instead of Starbucks. I think you guys are also going to be the lazy, slack-jawed uh, uh, Democrat uh, uh, bums. Oh, what? Click on an internet and do some research? No, I just like my feels. Give more money to the poor. But if you really care to know, uh, basically we did a really good job of keeping economic data starting after World War II. We really started taking a lot of good data and recording it as well. So then the data series get a little less common or consistent before World War II. Uh, but you should be able to find the budget uh, going back to like 1790, um, when we started, when we, we didn't have a Department of Defense, we had a Department of War. <laughs> That'd be cool if Trump did that. We're not, we're not going to have no Department of Defense. We're going to have a Department of War. All right, let's go ahead and do uh, some sponsors here, shall we? Did I mention the Beckloff? Go to the Beckloff. You can find him on YouTube. Chris Beckloff, B-E-C-H-T-L-O-F-F. -F. Uh, and then um, don't donate to him. 
You know, he says, hey, donate, you know, I like to do it. No, don't donate to him. I've been telling that guy to get an Amazon affiliate account this entire time. He doesn't listen. These these guys who come into the internet blogging, podcasting, they say, oh, which I say you should do this. Do they listen? No, they don't. So don't give him no shekels. He'll ask for shekels. Don't give him no shekels. You say, boy, Chris, I'd like to donate shekels, but I'd like to do that through an Amazon affiliate program. And then, and then maybe after enough emails and the lack of donation of shekels, you might say, hey, maybe I should put together an Amazon affiliate plan. That's another reason I don't have any faith. I really don't have faith. If, if people on the right cannot monetize their bleeping sites, I don't think they're going to learn how to run six miles without stopping, carrying 50 pounds of gear, how to clean their own rifles, and how to grow their own gardens. I really don't. That's why it, I will be a lone wolf in a post-apocalyptic world. Anyway, uh, so it's a very happy Christmas, even though it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Uh, if you want to help out my show, uh, you can go through my Amazon affiliate program. You can go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. You click on the Amazon banner, and it should be on the top right area of the banners there. You click on that little Amazon banner, and that takes you to Amazon's site. However, uh, because you came from my site, Amazon then knows, ah, it came from Cappy, and I get 7% of all the the purchases you make during that shopping session. So uh, if you could do all your Christmas shopping online, uh, do all your online shopping online via my Amazon affiliate program, that would be great. Just make sure to go to my blog first and then click on the link. And I estimate that I should be able to pay off my mortgage by the end of the year if all of my followers and listeners were to do that. It'd be the greatest Christmas gift ever. It would actually be the greatest Christmas gift ever. Remember when you were younger? You know, uh, George Bailey always won the Christmas Carol, all these wonderful lovey-dovey things. And this would be kind of more obscure for you younger type people, for those people my age. But it was like the late 70s and the early 80s, which was the Volcker recession. And like what you saw on TV never, ever, ever panned out in the real world. Like you're just like, oh, great, sweaters and socks. Yeah, what what seven-year-old kid wanted toys? Oh, sweaters and socks. You should be thankful for what the Lord has provided. The Lord has given you should be. There are children in China who are having to eat their own toenails. No, no, that doesn't make a kid feel any better. Look, okay, here's the deal. If you want your kids to be appreciative for what they have, then don't have them watch TV. Don't have them go out into the real world. Don't make them realize, hey, you're in this country where there's a, we're pretty wealthy and everybody has a lot of wealth, uh, and you, they pretty much have every need taken care of, and uh, most average kids get toys for Christmas. Don't show them the rest of the world. Make them think they're living in North Korea, and then they won't complain. They'll be, wow, sweaters and socks. Because the only way you could really be appreciative of sweaters and socks is if you don't have them, and it's cold the winter before, and you're on the verge of death, and you lose a couple digits due to frostbite. Then you'll be really thankful for having sweaters and socks. But if, if I'll give you another little interesting tidbit because a lot of people, uh, they don't listen. I did go, despite I was poor, we lived in poverty, but I went to a private school for at least the first uh, seven years, kindergarten through sixth grade. So a lot of people are like, oh, look at Claire, he's a hypocrite. He, he, went, he claims to be poor, but he went to a private school. No, no, listen to me. It made it worse. You see... 
my dad, who was a pastor, we, we got we got to live in the rectory, the house that came with the uh, with the thing. And if I, I had to ask him, but it was something like we lived on seven grand, a family of freaking five. And I know there was inflation since then. But guys, trust you me, there was not a lot, all right? But we had to go to this private school. We couldn't go to the public schools because, heaven almighty, we might be acclimated to normal civilization and uh, we might have turned out reasonably normal. No, so we went to this Nazi concentration camp called St. John's Lutheran. And if you hate your children, send them there. If you want your children to never visit you in a nursing home and to become assassins of their future teachers, send them to St. John's Lutheran. Land in Wisconsin, go over there. I don't know, maybe they've improved in the past 20, 30 years. But back then, it was this veritable Nazi, well, not veritable. It was not a place to send children. It was not. But it was also private, so because it was Christian, and no, no price could be put on Christianity, your soul is priceless, we would fork over this money for this private school, which made us have even less money for toys. So then we had socks and, and sweaters. And what made it worse, though, is the kids that did go there were actually relatively well-off to do. So I would see these kids come, you know, like after Christmas break, they come back with all these awesome toys and video games and things. Um, they had these, this is how old I am, they would, some of them got these small record players, these portable record players, and you could play these little 45s on them. And I, I had like, you know, my hand-me-downs from my uncle. <laughs> and all you, all you did was just, it was just more torture. It was just like, what, what did, why the Lord will provide... There's greater gifts in heaven. <laughs> it's like, I don't care about the greater gifts in heaven. I want Mike's toy. I don't want this sweatshirt from my uncle. I, 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 want, I want chocolate. It's... So if you, if you would like some poetic justice in the world, pay off my mortgage. Buy all your stuff through my Amazon affiliate program. Prove, prove to me that the meek shall inherit jack shit. Prove to me that that saying is wrong and that if while, while we are here, while I'm on this planet, a real genuine miracle happens. Oh, also, if you wanted to help out the old captain, you can buy my books. Most of these are available in paperback, Kindle, and audio. There's Reconnaissance Man. That is a great book for everybody, regardless of politics, regardless of age. Uh, please get that book that's available in Kindle, paperback, and audiobook. It, it, is, it is a must-read book because it tells you how to outline your life before you drop a ton of money on it. So before you go to college, before you go back to college, before you figure out where you're going in life first, and that book tells you how to do that, which is more complicated than you think. We have The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, for any uh, black man, young or old, who is sick and tired of playing second fiddle, and uh, you say, if you demand better, you want better out of life, go get the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, written for black men, audited, consulted on, uh, written by a white guy, but I had a lot of uh, young black men help me with that, so I want to thank them. We have Bachelor Pad Economics. That's for any guy out there, regardless of your skin color. Uh, and That is the Financial Advice Bible for Men. It will help you from the age of 14 to death. I'm not kidding. From 14 to death, it will tell you about all the minor and major financial decisions you have to make. And it includes a chapter on wife training, too. So that, that should entice you a little bit. 
That is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook, read by our good friend Davis Serini at StairsOfTheWorld.com. Davis Serini also read another book of mine called Worthless. That is the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. Do you guys notice this theme? Kind of like the, hey, don't F up your life like I did. Hey, if you're poor, here's how you get ahead. Hey, here are the landmines that I stepped on and blew off both my legs and then jumped on a pogo stick to blow up the rest of my body. If you could avoid making these mistakes, maybe you'll, you'll make those six figures before you're 30. You get that? That's the theme there. So anyway, worthless, the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. That is to prevent you kids from going and majoring in stupid stuff. For any old age women who's on their first divorce because you're trying to find yourself, you th- I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to get my master's in creative writing and I will write a child's book like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, you might want to read this book first before you do that. Because... J.K. Rowling had two things. One, she was hot, and I'm sure the publisher wanted to nail her, and that's how she got ahead. And maybe she didn't sleep with the guy, but that helped her out. But if you're the average 58-year-old woman, and you're just like, I'm divorced, I've tried to find myself, yeah, go read Eat, Pray, Cats, okay? If you actually want to help yourself, read Worthless. That'd be much better. We have Enjoy the Decline. That's uh, Living and Accepting with the Death of the United States. I am expecting that book to drop in sales with the uh, recent election of Trump. Unlike uh, the previous aforementioned books, that's uh, available in paperback, Kindle, and audio. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of like, crap, that, that book is not going to do well for the next couple of months. Not until the Democrats take the Congress back uh, will will um, will that book uh, be on, on the upswing again. And then we have Curse of the High IQ. This is a great book for everybody. Uh, go get your IQ tested. If it comes back 110 or higher then you better go buy this book. If you're listening to this podcast, you better go buy this book. If you're looking for a gift for either yourself or to someone who's having a hard time struggling in life because they just can't jive with the rest of society, get them this book. There are a lot of problems that you have that comes with having a high IQ. And the problem is yourself and the rest of society is going to misdiagnose it as you being stupid. That is, the, that is probably the number one problem I had with having a high IQ. I didn't know that I was smart. I thought I was dumb because I had dumb teachers giving me dumb grades for dumb reasons. And it really is that simple. It really is that simple. Uh, I have an entire chapter dedicated. If you hated school, if you hated your teachers, if you felt like school was a prison, guys, please get this book. It is a must. And matter of fact, if you know a teacher, some lippy little piece of crap just mailed it in low IQ. I want to go teach because I'm good with children. One of those type of people, get them this book. See, I think you're pretty high IQ. I got you this book. You don't have to tell them deep down inside you think they're an idiot, a moron, and lazy because they work nine months a year. You go find those little teachers and you give them that book. And they're like, oh, you think I have a high IQ? Oh my God, thank you. And then they get to the chapter on education. Why'd you, did you read this book? Then you have plausible deniability. Well, I didn't read the book. I just thought it, it had high ratings. You're a smart person. I thought that maybe you might like this book. I did, why? What's, I don't know. I, somebody's throwing stuff. Hmm? If anyone could tell me what movie that's from, I'd be impressed. So that is also available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. Then we have my other books. Uh, Behind the Housing Crash, that's my first one. If you want to learn about the housing bubble, not that you don't know how that turned out. And then we have my best of blog, uh, where I take the best posts of my blog, which is some, it is some of my best writing. It is my best writing. 
it just doesn't follow a story or a format. It's just posts that you would probably like a lot. And so uh, one is called Captain Capitalism Reserved, and the other one is called Captain Capitalism Top Shelf. You can find those on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Then we have other people's books. We have Frank Survey's uh, uh, trilogy, Uncle Nick, is one of them. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, Pretty Lies Must Perish and Burning the Midnight. You can find those uh, on Amazon.com, but it may just be easier to go to my site, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com, and click on his banner there. You'll see it. And basically, the Uncle Nick and uh, Burning the Midnight is the Uncle Nick, or Uncle Nick uh, two-part book series. Uh, probably a third one along the way about a true red pill Manosphereian who does not care. He has no children. He does what he wants, says what he wants. He's basically Donald Trump without the children or being married. So go ahead, get that book. And then Pretty Lies Parish. I haven't read that one, but I'm pretty sure um, it's a bit more philosophical. But read through the description. Buy the book. Make him keep coming back to me because he pays good uh, advertising. Oh, by the way, if you would like to advertise on the podcast, you may. It's $100 a month. Uh, hopefully I make you that money and more back in uh, sales. And uh, you just have to send me an email. Send me an email at cappedcapitalism at yahoo.com. That's capped, the abbreviation for captain, capitalism at yahoo.com. It is not captain capitalism at yahoo.com. That goes to a comic book artist. You want to email cappedcapitalism at yahoo.com. Uh, and hopefully we could go ahead and make you a little bit of money. We have Pushing Rubber Downhill. And Run Guts Pull Cones by our good friend Adam Piggott down in Australia, where they don't have Christmas because they don't have snow, and they are evil. They don't like snow. They do not like Christmas. That's just got to be weird down in Australia without snow. To them, it's normal. To them, they're like, why is it? Why has everybody got snow? Why is there a Christmas tree? What's with a sleigh? All we got is kangaroos down here. What's going on? I don't know. They don't sound that way, but I just kind of, I can't imagine... Australia during Christmas. That'd just be the weirdest thing to be in. There'd be no snow, which I'm fine with, by the way. I just, I just, they'd be warm though, too. Anyway, so Adam, he's got uh, those two books. You can find them on Amazon.com. Audiobooks by our good friend David Serini as well. If you're looking for audiobook, uh, go to stairsoftheworld.com, contact Davis. Uh, and then uh, Adam also has his podcast. So if you're looking for a down under podcast, I know you girls, you girls are all about the accent. Fine. Go, go listen. You know, the guy doesn't say anything intelligent, frankly. He's just like every other British derivative or British guy or guy with an accent. Oh, who ding diggly, ding ding digglies. Oh, yes. My goodness heavens. And you guys like, oh my gosh. The truth is, Adam Piggott, you want to know what his podcast is, and no one's caught up on it because they're just taken in by his Australian accent. He just reads from the dictionary. That's all he does, random words. And girls think he's saying something because they're all enamored with his voice. Not like us Americans, us Yanks, we got to say intelligent things. We can't just go up and read from the encyclopedia. We got to think of stuff to say that is somewhat engaging. And even if you girls don't even pay attention to that, Unless it's about Kim Kardashian or some other, some dipshittery uh, at the checkout line magazine rack aisle, you, you don't care about it. Oh, you got an accent, you got a British accent. Oh, well, the, you could talk about fungus and girls will listen all day long. So go listen. <laughs> go listen to our good friend Adam. He's got a blog too. Uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill, search that. You'll find his book and his blog. 
by the same name. TJ Martinell, The Stringers. If you're also looking for a whodunit, futuristic, journalist guy going doing things with a gun, Sam Spade kind of thing, but in the future, go get TJ Martinell's book, The Stringers. You can find that on Amazon.com. And then Mitch Berg, who, by the way, he says, say, hey, I'll read your book. If you read mine, he says, yeah, I'll do it. And he's all busy. He doesn't have time. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got to get to that book. Yeah, yeah, I get to get to that book. But like Chris Muir, he's an old fart. And he doesn't, he doesn't, oh, no, I can't, I can't take an audio book because I know one, the audiobook is free for me to send them. I just send them the MP3 th- uh, files. Two, I know they're going to listen to it because it's so convenient. Like, oh, why wouldn't I listen? I'll throw the headphones in, go work out, go do whatever. But these stubborn old timers, they don't know, no. They got to have their archaic stone tablets chiseled in like Moses and the 47 commandments. I like 47. And so uh, he insists on me sending him a paperback book. I'm like, he's not going to read it. He's just, I, I, fine, I'll send them all to you. You sure you don't want the audiobook? You sure? Because it'll be a lot easier. You can listen to it. So I go through his book, and I read through it very quickly. Trollbert, T-R-U-L-B-E-R-T, Trollbert. Like Dogbert or Catbert or Dilbert, but it's true Trollbert. Um, so I went through it, and it was actually really good. So if you want kind of a funny ha-ha, what would happen to Minnesota nice if the economy collapsed, I got news for you. All the goody two-shoe, nice little suburbanite Republicans get their asses kicked. Oh, and it's the guy with the gun that comes to save the world. Oh, hey. Still upset he didn't have Clary's sniper brigade come in there and wipe out the mafia. That would have that would have been. Although I guess he did have the Presbyterians. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's too bad. You're gonna have to go read his book. Trollbert, only available in Kindle. Because you know, we wouldn't want it to be convenient for people who want to read the book. Isn't that hypocritical? Wait a minute, now I'm thinking about that's hypocritical. He wants paper, but he doesn't want audio, but he only offers Kindle. I should start, I should have, I should charge an arm and a leg for it. For my friends, too. For people I like. I like Mitch, I guess, I don't know necessarily friends, but uh, uh, colleagues, associates. Um, But certainly Chris, uh, Bernard Chapin. I should put together a seminar and make all you bastards pay me $1,000 a pop, and it would be worth every freaking penny. Every penny. Every penny. <sighs> no, no. Horse and water, Clary. Horse and water. Anyway, so uh, you can find Trollbert available only in Kindle at Amazon.com. And visit Mitch Berg's website at shotinthedark.info. Uh, and you can uh, read up on all things Mitch Berge. We have Ann Sturzinger's book, Novsquam, N-V-S-Q-V-A-M. Uh, you can find that book easier by going to annsturzinger.com. Sturzinger spelled the exact way it sounds, Sturzinger, Ann with two Ns, otherwise it would just be Ann. Uh, and then we have Day by Day Cartoon, our good friend Chris Muir, enjoying warm weather as the winter sets in. Uh, if you need your daily dose of funny haha, go to Day by Day Cartoon um, with Chris Muir and read all the funny. Well, sometimes not so funny. It's kind of tragic, actually. A lot of times I'm like, I can't read. It's too too depressing. Uh, but go to daybydaycartoon.com and visit our friend Chris. And then jrguera.com. jrguera.com. That is our good uh, musical friend who put together the only and first Red Pill album. Uh, so if and it's good, the music is good, the lyrics are good. So if you guys want to make 
uh, a man very happy and buy yourself, a, I don't know if it's CD, I think you just download the MP3s now. Go to jaraguera.com, go ahead and get the Red Pill album today. Also, if you happen to be in the Seattle area and you're looking for someone to do guitar repair, uh, he is in that area. You can also go to jrguerra.com. That's J-R-G-U-E-R-R-A. J-R-Guerra. You didn't roll your R's. That's because we're in the United States. Now, listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? To uh, further prove that uh, things have only gotten worse for the young boys out there when it comes to dating, breast augmentation surgery is in free fall, which is bad news for Victoria's Secrets. Since L Brands said its Victoria's Secrets brand would stop selling swimwear and dial back on promotions, the company's shares have plunged as steeply as one of its asset-bearing bras. But one analyst fears the retailer's woes may extend beyond this shift in strategy, meaning a recovery in its stock price could take longer than expected. Jeffrey's analyst Randall Connick on Monday downgraded L Brands shares from hold to underperform, saying industry and consumer trends could cause Victoria's Secret to lose its dominance in intimate apparel. Among those trends are a slowdown in spending on the category and increased competition from specialty stores and online startups. But perhaps more importantly, Americans are moving away from the bombshell look Victoria's Secrets has built its reputation on and are instead stocking up on more natural, unstructured bralettes. Okay, let's just say clothes for ugly chicks. Clothes for flat-breasted, flat-chested, ugly chicks. Let's just be honest. Because bralettes are easier to construct, they make it simpler for non-traditional lingerie brands to challenge the stalwart. Both America... Look, I can't... Can we tell... Wait. Aren't we supposed to be fat positive? Aren't we supposed to be obese? Uh, uh, pro-obese? Aren't we supposed to be cheering on, on obesity and disgustingness? So doesn't that need more curvy bras? Wouldn't that mean more cleavage? I'm very confused, ladies. I'm very confused. The market doesn't even know how to digest this information. Tell us what you're trying to say. Uh, both American Eagle, uh, American Eagle's airy lingerie line and Urban Outfitters have recently cited the item as one trend fueling their sales. We believe the growth and popularity of bralettes is reflective of a broader shift in the consumer's mindset, particularly among younger consumers, which are increasingly rejecting traditional beauty standards in favor of more natural, attainable looks. <laughs> Look, just say you're lazy. Just say millennial girls are lazy. They don't want to put the effort into looking pretty. They'd rather spend the exact same amount of calories and energy working up the money to get ear piercings and nose piercing and tit piercings and tattoos than they could if they took that work and instead put it at the gym. Just say they're lazy. Just say that. And they don't want to get breast augmentation because they don't want to make their boyfriends or their husbands happy. Just just put it that way. They don't want to go under the knife because they don't they don't like the fact that men like big boobs. What just tell them it's because politics have ruined women for men forever. I know they hang on, let me let, okay, let's let's be a real professional here, huh guys? What the hell's a bralette? What is a bralette? I didn't even know this thing existed. A bralette is a bra without wires or molded cups. Think on par to a sports bra, but without the intensity to hold you in. They have thin or lacy straps like a regular bra and provide a reasonable amount of support for small to average busted women. Okay, so women... Okay, I'm still... 
Did I just... I did. I'm entering a world I don't know anything about. Oh, what did I do? I just thought it was going to be simple. Lazy millennial girls who hate men and worship at the altar of socialism. Their true God. They replaced Jesus with socialism. And now i got to figure out what the heck is a bralette. Tales of a Brafit Specialist. Brafitadventure.wordpress.com Let's send this gal traffic or guy. I don't know. We might as well. She was the number two search on Bing. Bralette. What is it? Does it work? In my previous post, I talked about bralettes and they what they are were. Today, I'll provide a little bit more information. A bralette is a bra without wires and molded cups. Think on par with a sports bra without the intensity to hold you in. Well, that's just what they took. This guy copied and pasted from this girl's website. Uh, microfiber, lace, or cotton blend are common. When I was first introduced to them, I was a little skeptical. I'm not big on my nipples being an accessory to outfits. Yes, some women like the look of having hard nipples and showing it through clothes. All right, well, not too bad about that. Anyway, in terms of support, think yoga or other activities on par with that. How do you wear this piece of stretchy mini bra madness without your nipples being headlights and wobbling all over the place, you ask? Well, like I said, if you're sporting an H cup size, probably not for you. But if you are between a 30A, 30C, 38C, what's the numbers doing here? God dang it, wasn't it just A, B, C, Ds, and double Ds, and we all shot for the double Ds? What's the numbers? 30A. Hang on. What do the numbers mean in bra size? Honest to God. What is the number in a bra size? Bra sizes usually consist of one or more numbers, letters indicating the breast cup size and a number indicating the band size around the individual's torsos. Bra cup sizes were invented in 1932 and band sizes became popular in the 1940s. So it's the thickness of the band? Honest to fucking God damn it. I'm, no, I'm not down. No, no, I'm not. I'm already confused. I don't need to be any more confused about women. But if you're between an A and a C, I'm going to translate this to men. We're not going to worry about numbers. But if you are between an A to a C, you can get away with it. All right, so basically, for girls with smaller boobs, you can do this. And so there... Why did I go off on this tangent? Oh... Women are not getting fake titties no more. Therefore, they want to switch to the bralette, which doesn't have wires and is more natural. So, not Fredericks of Hollywood. What are we talking? Victoria's Secrets banks on having large-breasted women or going for the hourglass figure. And since millennial women rather worship at the altar of Hillary Clinton's ball sack, uh, it's curse-free. Uh they're not going to make their men happy by getting larger boobies. And this is having an effect. on their, Okay, here we go. All right, back to economics. All right. We believe the growth and popularity of bralettes is reflective of a broader shift in the consumer's mindset, particularly among younger consumers, which are increasingly rejecting traditional beauty standards in favor of more natural, attainable looks, Connix told investors. The analyst pointed to a decline in breast augmentation as one example of customers changing tastes. Roughly 279,000 American women went under the knife in 2015, down from nearly 331,000 three years earlier. It was the third consecutive year that number had fallen. And in its December issue, Vogue UK declared 
that showing cleavage is no longer fashionable. Oh, well, okay, Vogue UK. Well, then it's official. Men don't like boobies. As shoppers, define, as shoppers' definition of beauty has evolved, but men's haven't changed, one, uh, one iota, I just added that part there. I have to keep reminding the people that men do like, we do have very specific tastes, and they're not complicated. Their interest in the Victoria's Secrets brand has also waned, Connick says. Whereas 10 million viewers tuned into the brand's annual fashion show in 2011, that number has fallen uh, nearly 30%. How many of those were guys? Who, what percentage of women tune into the Victoria's Secret fashion show? It's got to be mostly guys, right? Victoria's Secret will key into the natural trend. Oh, great natural! Maybe, maybe Victoria's Secrets could get into the you know the armpit hair holders. Do your armpit hairs become itchy? Maintain the natural look with your bralette combination armpit hair holders. Using non-wiry straps, you keep those nasty curly pubic hairs underneath. But don't shave, because that might make a man happy. When the event returns to CBS, well, that's probably the problem why your, your, your numbers have gone down. No one tunes into CBS. It's on the internet. This year's show-stopping fantasy bra is fashioned from its new beautiful line, which boasts push-up without the padding. Off the runway, Secret, Victoria's Secrets is playing into the bralette trend by offering a broader, assort, broader, ah, ah, broader assortment and price promotions in its stores. Yet tapping into the item's popularity comes with its own risks. Connick noted that the average price for a bralette is roughly 20% lower than a regular bra, meaning every 10% shift in sales mixed towards the item would result in a $0.01 cent per share hit Oh, for J.L. Brands, he estimates. Well, he's a good analyst. He got it down to pretty precise stuff. J. Uh, L. Brands management has rejected the idea that bralettes weigh on the company's sales. Well, it should cost less without all the wiring, right? Did you just try to figure out bras, Aaron? Yes, yes, I did. Telling investors that the unit volume and frequency of purchases make up in part for the lower prices. They're also helping Victoria's Secret appeal to a younger customer. Uh, L Brands is regarded as one of the best operators in the space thanks to its vastly profitable store fleet and consistent sales and earnings growth. Indeed, not everyone agrees that Victoria's Secrets is losing its edge with shoppers. Data released in September by the NPD Group's checkout tracking found that Victoria's Secret shoppers make more frequent purchases than the average intimates consumer and also spend more. The exclusive and differentiated merchandising mix that Victoria's Secret office shoppers has led to a unique breeder of consumer that is extremely loyal. NPD chief industry and I didn't realize talking about women's lingerie would be this boring. Oh my god. Oh. Blah 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 blah. Thing down, thing up. Investors. Are, okay. Well, I guess we learned a lot more than any of us really intend. I think the three girls who are listening now are laughing. As uh, we tried our amateurish hand here at uh, at bras, uh, let's you know what we're gonna do sponsors because I can do sponsors better than I can do editorializing about bras. Assholeconsulting.com. If you have a question, as long as it's not about bras, I can answer it. And all you have to do is go to assholeconsulting.com, where your old pal Cappy 
your old Uncle Cappy, your older brother Cappy, the father you never had Cappy, will give you the swift kick in the ass real world advice that Oprah just doesn't have the balls to tell you. And you're going to pay for it. So go to assholeconsulting.com, send me your questions. You can get a video response on the YouTubes. You can have a private email because it doesn't have to be known to the world. I also do Skype, but that's $200 an hour with a $200 minimum because I don't like talking to people. That's basically what it boils down to. I don't want to have some whiny, every once in a while it's happened, but like they, they don't have that regulator. They don't realize that you are another person and that just because they pay you doesn't mean that you're their personal bitch for an hour and they get to dump on you with psychological... I, I really do think people get off on that. Like, you could just tell. There's these people out there. Tell me if this doesn't happen to you. I know it does. They get you into a conversation, and there's a piece of their brain that unconsciously recognizes that you want to get out of that conversation. And where there be a natural lull in the conversation, or they pause for a breath, they magically grow 38 more lungs that constantly fill and cycle and, and go on shifts, so they never shut up. They can never take a breath. So you can never say that, well, yep, got to get going, or oh yeah, I guess so. And then when you do have that, is they okay, I got to get going. They, they consciously ignore that hint and then repeat the exact same crap they just told you the past 15 minutes. They do it. I've gotten to the point that I just get up and leave. I've done that because like, I'm like, no, I'm done. I, I just get up and leave. And I've, I've never heard back from those people again, uh, <laughs> which is fine by me because I'm not there, you know, You'd like to think, okay, I am I am also here. Presumably, I am in this conversation because you would like some input from me. Uh, if it's a social conversation, I would like to participate as well, provide my insights, see what you think about them. Uh, but it, even in a professional one where you're paying me, uh, presumably you're paying to get my advice. But I know there's those people out there who just, they just want to talk. They just want to gab. To those of you who are like that, uh, I, you go get a stuffed animal or something, talk to it in the corner. You could talk to the stuffed animal as long as you want. But that's why I charge $200 an hour on Skype because I don't want to look at them and I don't want to tolerate them. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Um, also, uh, Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. If you're looking for an accountant this upcoming year, this uh, upcoming tax season, go to ElkinsCPA.com. Get your finances in order and make sure your money goes to a not-leftist. Go to elkincpa.com. Uh, tell them the old captain sent you. Then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. We have the 405 Media at 405media.com. John Grant and his cadre, which is an Italian military unit, his cadre of podcasters have their own podcast radio station going on there. So if you don't like listening to the old captain's podcast, you can go to 405media.com and visit him there. There's Small Scale Life. With our good friend Tom. Uh, if you want to learn about how to grow gardens in an urban setting and how to uh, pretty much go off grid, uh, go to Small Scale Life and visit him there. Smallscalelife.com. They got a podcast and a blog. The World of Lori Zook. Z O O C K. Lori Zook. A fun lady. That's the word. That's the word I'm a fun, intriguing, interesting lady. Go check out The World of Lori Zook. You can find her on Podomatic. Our good friend, Kerry Lutz, over at Financial Survival Network. Go visit him at financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Canto Talk, C-A-N-T-O. 
Silvio Canto's radio station. You can find that on blogtalkradio.com. Canto Talk. And then, of course, our father, St. Lycus. Tom Lycus at blowmeuptom.com. Visit him there. And also, if you are an entrepreneur, once again, I cannot recommend. I, I, I'll be honest. Before you advertise on my podcast, go advertise on his. Um, he's got way more reach. Gary's a professional. They got their act together over there. And um, uh, the prices are very fair, very reasonable. Uh, so go to blowmeuptom.com if you're trying to sell something and advertise there. Glorious Carl's glorious hat. I think Glorious Carl, after the Cubs won and Trump won, I think maybe he's finally sobering up now. <laughs> Go to Glorious Hat where you can buy Glorious Carl's glorious hat. It's coming up on winter. It's getting a little bit cold. They are nice warm hats. And now they're collector's items because uh, it was all Democrat stuff. We thought that Hillary was going to win. Uh, she didn't. Trump won. So um, those are going to be collector's items. There's Race Riot Apparel, spelled R-A-Y-C-E, Race Riot Apparel. You can find that at cafepress.com slash Race Riot Apparel. Uh, we also have Academic Composition. Go to academiccomposition.com. Visit our friend Alex, where he and his crackpot team of writing staff will write your papers for you. They'll do your homework in college, uh, and they will also do your resumes for you. All right, you pay per page. I don't know what the rate is right now. You have to inquire with him about that. But he does resumes for $100 uh, per resume. He is also always hiring. Uh, he's looking for writers, as you know. So if you are a recent graduate and you know how to write baloney, you uh, can go ahead and work for him. You can work from wherever you want because it's online. Also, if you want to do some marketing, also very boring. Don't expect these jobs to be exciting or interesting. They do pay, and you don't have to commute. And that's better than any job any baby boomer ever had downtown. So uh, if you're interested in working for him, email him. Let him know the old captain sent you. That way he keeps advertising here. Then we have uh, jimfear138.blogspot.com. That's jimfear138.blogspot.com. And undertowaudio.com. Undertowaudio.com. These are two young gentlemen who are pros at recording and voice acting. If you have a book or you need some kind of voice acting done, go to jimfear138.blogspot.com or undertowaudio.com. Uh, they're very busy. They're in demand. Uh, Jim is recording my book, uh, Enjoy the Decline, uh, just in time for Christmas for no one to buy it because Trump won. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm only a fair economist, not a perfect economist. Uh, but go contact those young men and help their entrepreneurial endeavors out. Max's Ultimate Reading List, which you can find at Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. Uh, if you are looking for a book to buy to read that is not leftist tripe, go to Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. Also, if you're interested in advertising your book, contact Max. It costs $100 a month, and Max will get you uh, exposure. He has 32, 33,000 followers on an Instagram account, which I don't know how that works, but it's these kids nowadays with their doodaddery. Uh, but Max makes it happen. Uh, I, so I always advertise. I got to advertise. Advertise Max. Advertise Max. I've been busy. I finally finished the shed today. Finished the shed. So, uh, But I haven't ran electricity out there yet, so I'm still recording at my regular desk. But um, the recording studio will be up and ready by the next podcast uh, once I run the electricity out there. I just didn't feel like running an extension cord. Um. But now I can finally get back to basics. I'm not taking on no more projects. I'm done. No more projects. None. No more. I've, I've done enough. 
I'm sitting and focusing. I felt good when I wrote a bunch of quality posts this week. I wrote a post on my blog, Captain Capitalism. Check that out. Two of them. One was uh, uh, how Trump's victory resulted in a ton, thousands, at least thousands, of liberals and leftists calling in uh, the next day and calling in sick to work because there was no traffic. There was no traffic jam. And the other one about uh, a world without Whitey, go to my blog, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. That's how I got my start. That's how I got all this popularity and notoriety. Uh, They're good posts. So go read those two uh, as well. And then uh, we have my two classes, the analysis evaluation of stocks and stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. You can find those classes online just by searching them. They're offered through hundreds of different online nonprofit uh, school, community ed type places. And um, you just can take it online. doesn't matter where because it's, you know, it's online. Uh, but if you want to learn the basics of investing and personal financial management, go and search the, uh, the uh, class, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. And then find the other class if you want to learn how to value and analyze stocks called the Analysis and Valuation of Stocks. Be on your best behavior. Old grandma ladies take these classes. Old people do. So there's no talk of politics or... Yeah, Trump, man, Trump apocalypse. Yeah, build the wall. None of that. Just be on your best behavior and learn how to analyze, research, and value stocks. Uh, what else? Oh, I forgot. Someone, a couple of you emailed me. One emailed one. Was it Facebook or something? Hang on. Do I have any fan mail? I do got one fan mail. This has nothing to do with fan mail, though. Uh, somebody wanted to know how the uh, that business networking event I went to went. And I figure I owe it to you guys because and it, it went exactly as I and you would have expected. It, it's so sad that with the internet now and LinkedIn, I walked in, everyone's in their business attire. I have like my crappy jeans on with my standard black hoodie or whatever the heck I had. I think I even had a pistol on me. I forgot. I'm like, because I just put it on no matter what. I'm like, I'm going to scare all these quaint little suburbanite Minnesotans. And, uh... There's some pretty good. There's like okay, that's interesting. I did I did learn one thing from one of the speakers, and it was it was this cute little networking event and small business helping small business, and uh, if you'd like to do and da 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 and the George went up and told you about George's accounting and Frida went up and talked about uh, Frida's fries and then um, Billy came up and talked about Billy's bobbles and uh, then what they had to do though you know just everyone's mingling and. It was just weird, but it, it threw me back like it's not natural where people come up to you out of nowhere. And I guess it takes the hustle. I guess that's good salesmanship. And they, Hi, Jim Jones with Jim Jones Johnson's Jones and Jones and Jopalongs, jack o It's like, oh, hey, how you doing, Aaron Clary? So what are you doing, Aaron? It's like <laughs> you got to respect the balls the guy's got. But at the same time, you want to say, get the hell out of here. You don't really care who I am. You just you want me to find, which is cool, which is fine. It's, oh, I, I, I run this consulting company. and Oh, really? What do you consult? Pretty much anything that's legal. Because I don't want to say, I run this company called Asshole Consulting. How are you? You know. And so I'm just playing it cool. I don't know any of these people. I just, you know, is it still like it was in the 90s? Yes, it was. And so we sit down. They actually had really good food. The food was good, so that was good. And we listened to people speak. One guy did have some interesting strategy. He he derived his business strategy um, through Eisenhower's strategy to plan um, the invasion of Europe. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So I kind of tucked a note on that. I was like, that was very interesting. Okay, I took that. And uh, 
everyone who signed in, you had to write your name and you had to write the company that you, you represented. So the guy up front, the master of ceremonies, he, he wants to say, okay, uh, well, if everybody else could introduce themselves and the company you run, and so people want to, you know, in case they want to know what you do, uh, if you could state your name and tell us a little bit about what kind of business you run. And so, you know, um, Amy stands up, and I'm with Amy's Accounting, and uh, we do accounting services for blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I'm um, uh, Conrad's Construction, and we do construction in the Eastern Metro, and if you're looking for uh, developers, blah, blah, blah. So they go through everything, and the guy who brought me in, uh, who's a nice guy, by the way, very very professional, very good, but but cool, too. Uh, he says, well, I think you're missing one. And you could just see the guy at Master Ceremonies like, crap, he's going to make me say it. <laughs> because I think the guy skipped, because I wrote it down, and my penmanship isn't that bad. So like, did he just skip over me? I'm like, ah, it doesn't matter. He says, oh, oh really? Who is it? And, and Ken, er, he points to me. And I stand up. Oh, I'm Aaron Clary, and I'm with Asshole Consulting. And you just, the needle went off the record, and everybody's head went and looked, and like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, this isn't Bertha's Bobbles or uh, 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 Gary's Go Get Em's. It's, it's Asshole Consulting. And I, uh, I deal with blunt force, force uh, truth, reality consulting. I don't, I frankly don't kiss anyone's ass, and people pay me for that. And people are like, oh. <laughs> and then sure enough, at the end of it, you know, then there was like three or four people wanting like, did, did you say asshole consulting? I'm like, yeah. And then I start handing out my business cards. And I'm like, whoa, this is the coolest business card. I'm like, yeah, because it ain't the same freaking crap that's always been for the past five decades of networking. So I hand out the business cards and that, and, uh, you know, if you want to speak, you could you could sign up. So I sign up like, yeah, I'd like to speak. I'd like to sponsor a luncheon. I'd like to pay my 200 bucks to tell people about Asshole Consulting because it's only going to take two clients for me to break even on that. So, yeah, I'll gladly put together a little speech. And I didn't hear back from the people at the, at the, at the group. And I didn't hear back from one person who took my business cards. And I was like, yep, this is business networking. This is how efficient it is. This is it. Nothing has changed. There's no re- There's no reason, guys. There's no reason to go to business networking events. There just is no reason, especially today, now that you have the internet. They're just, guys, you millennials, be so thankful and happy you avoided this. You didn't have to go to networking events. You have LinkedIn. You didn't have to go to job fairs. You didn't have to put together cover letters. You don't have to do any of this BS that we we had to go through because there wasn't the internet. Now you just go online. Here's my resume. And the one thing I'll stand up for for the millennials is at least your lack of work ethic. At least you have the self-respect to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And you're willing to go on welfare or live off your parents to do it. And it, it throws it right back in the face of these baby boomers and Gen Xers, these bosses, these kiss assers who, who got through conformance, compliance, obedience, and ass-kissing and don't know a damn thing about real work, it throws it right back in their face that, no, we're not going to work, no. And when those who do work are kind of crap employees, so screw you. It, it, like I said before, there's, the, the ba- there's no generation the baby boomer bosses deserve more than the millennials. You guys are freaking made for each other. And I just kind of like sitting back in my self-employed world and watching it happen.
But you, you kids get to avoid that. So, anyway, All right, that's it. If you would be so kind, go ahead, share, spread the word, blah, blah, blah. Get me more. Make me go viral. Don't like. Share. That's all I ask. Share. Did you go to iTunes? Did you vote this up? No, I didn't. Do it, please. All that other stuff. But if you don't have time to do all that, you only have time to do one thing, go use my Amazon affiliate program. All right, that's it. I got to go visit my dad for his 70th birthday. We'll see you kids later. Toodles.